We're talking future versus Sierra. Rachel Dolezal has a new book on race, and the cast of Autograph is in the house. All that and more on Black Hollywood Lives this week. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live this week. Hey! Oh! <laughs> hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome okay. to Black Hollywood Live this week. We're playing We Are Family. I see you, Rachel. You got your moves going on. Yeah, I don't really think 
Well, okay, no, we do. I had twisted. They lied to me. I don't really think, you know, hard drugs is as much of a problem, even though I did read a few weeks ago that they found some meth lab, but then it was being run by Mexicans in Nigeria. Oh, wow. And it was being run to be shipped out somewhere else. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, I don't really... I know, like, when I went to school in Nigeria for a bit and Kenya for a bit, and drugs weren't really an issue. I right. think people, you'd see people with weed every once in a while, but even then, that was exciting to them because that was about <laughs> as hard as it got. Right, right. Oh. <laughs> um, then, yeah, um, I think at Cambridge, everyone, I don't think people wanted to risk <laughs> their academics yeah. by, you know, doing anything crazy. But then you did hear a lot about um, all those drugs that help you concentrate. Uh, oh. But yeah, like I pharmaceutical, exactly, that are legal. Tropics and everything. Yeah. Like people would abuse Adderall and yeah. things right. like that. Speed, you know, that, those type of oh. things. To stay away. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, and at like parties and events, people liked MDMA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. the kids call, what do they call, kids call that? Like when I was growing up, it was X. Now it's. Molly. I was at a party and you're rolling with Molly and I'm Yep. Yeah. Molly. I don't know. <laughs> you don't want to find her. You'll be in a rap song soon, Rachel. You better watch out. Um, all right, so on the other side of this, Erica Badu. Before I tell this story, Erica Badu has had this beef with uh, Azalea Banks. Yeah. They've squashed it on Twitter, so thank you for being just grown women and doing Yay. that. Um, but beyond that, Erica Badu had some things to say um, on Monday night. <laughs> About her controversial statements about rape culture and sexuality, she basically tweeted that she agreed with an article in which she feels that school should require girls to wear longer skirts, more so that the adult male teachers aren't turned on by the young women. So she feels across the board that, you know, I she agrees with having school uniforms. Um, she feels that it's a distraction. Uh, different types of clothing can be a distraction for heterosexual men. And we live in a day and age where society is so such a big sex drive that she feels we need to kind of go back to a moral state. Well, that's the philosophy behind wearing a burqa in, in the Middle East. Is to, you women should cover up so the men don't get hard-ons. Um, but here's... I actually think with here, when you parse what she actually said... I kind of agree. Not necessarily that we should wear long skirts in school, but what she's saying is we have to understand that we live in a culture where that things can happen. That's hypersexualized. When I was coming up, my, my parents or people made it clear to me, like, you don't go to a man's house at midnight unless you want to be with him because there's a chance you're going to have to fend something off or you, you might actually be rich. You know what I mean? But girls today are like, no, I'm I'm sexually free. I can go wherever I want and I can go to his house at 1 a.m. And if he, that's on him. So I think Erica, who's also Gen X like I am, is kind of saying we have a responsibility as women to understand the world we live in. What do you yeah. think, Courtney, as woman? Like, I mean, I wasn't that opposed to what she was saying. I mean, overall, it's easy to look at it and be like, oh my God, I'm a woman and I'm not responsible for what a man is going to choose to do. No, I'm not responsible for what a man chooses to do, but I am responsible for knowing where I am and knowing what I'm doing. That would be like if I, like, obviously I go to a bar. I don't just take a drink from anybody. Right. That's not because I put the responsibility of that drink on whoever's handing it to me. I put that responsibility on myself because I know that there are people out there that are predators, so I should do certain things that I can do to alleviate that. Do I think right. it's it's sort of treading in the waters of the whole rape culture and blaming the woman and that thing? Yes, I do, but I also recognize we live in a patriarchal society where that right. culture exists, and right, if true. there's anything that I can do then I will do to it protect myself, to protect myself right. and everybody gets to set what those limits are. So I'm not going to judge the girl that decided to go to homeboy's house at one o'clock in the morning and whatnot. But I, I, I'm not opposed to what she said it's, because it was based on, there was a school that was uh, uh, changing their rule of how long the skirts needed to be. And so she was just agreeing with that school making that decision. I think it's a big leap because she was talking about the teachers and yeah, right. If but, she left that out, if she hadn't mentioned but the teachers, but at the same time, I mean, we got some sketchy ish going on in this. But the teachers is what bugged right me out the most. I'm like, fire them. Right. Like, that's why right. are we even like? That's what I was thinking. Why is this like something has to happen know, for like, them to get fired? So you're sort. But I don't think the longer skirts is going to solve that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Me like, neither. In that situation, yeah. I don't think. But the broader question, I think she was right. I don't think in that specific situation, a longer skirt at school is going to do anything right. for somebody lusting after. Kier, do you think that longer skirts should be put on on young? women in school? Um, well, 
I think on both sides, you know, men and uh, boys and girls, you know, should dress appropriately for school. Right. Um, obviously, it, we are in a hypersexualized culture, and and it is a rape culture where most of the, most of the time when women are raped, the women are blamed for wearing certain kind of clothes. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, at that age, at that young age, you know, I, I don't think kids, boys or girls, should be wearing any kind of like sexual suggestive clothing anyway. But is a short skirt on a girl sexual, or is it just a short skirt that is sexualized by it's like other people pants. looking at her? Right. Exactly. I mean, I guess it's, how, it's, it's and all in how you look at it, but uh, you know, it doesn't. You know, an, an, an ounce of prevention um, is better than a pound of cure. You know what I mean? Mm, that's, um, I like that and answer. like I said, it's like it's not. You know, rape. You know, a man raping a woman. It is entirely the man's fault. You know, let's not, let's put that right. You know, to bed right there. Uh, however, like she said, it's like you know, you, you know, protect yourself. Right. You know, you're in a, a situation you don't know what what these men are thinking, what they're doing, uh, how they're acting, and so you know, you protect yourself. Keep yourself, you know, uh, show who you are. You know what I'm saying? Keep it like, covered. Keep yeah. it covered. You know, keep I mean, covered. to a certain degree. I mean, be free, be who you are, but like, you know, don't. I think it is important yeah. that girls realize <clears throat> that we do have to watch. It, it would be great if we lived in an ideal world where we didn't we could run around naked and you never had to worry about mm. that but you do actually like I know when I was a freshman at NYU and I was 17 and this is very common with a lot of women in America I had a date rape situation I didn't because what happened was I threw I was so drunk I threw up on him and that, <laughs> that, that stopped it yeah, that's the oh, God, God's honest truth yeah. and here's the thing the guy was not actually a horrible horrible person he was a drunk 18 year old boy who was Aggressive. again Way too aggressive, didn't have my permission. I was like, no, but I had never really drunk before. So, like, I, and I'm a pretty smart girl and ended up in that situation. I, and most women I know, I would say seven out of ten women I know have been in that situation yeah. and actually had it go further, you yeah. know, than what, what I went through. So it is up to us to go, oh, even a nice guy in, the, in drunk or this or that or a nice teacher or whatever, you catch them on the wrong day, we have to watch our backs. Right. Well, I just think it's interesting, yourself. too, though, with what Erica's saying because of the fact that we are also, as, as we all know, in a time where sex tapes are on everybody's phone. There's new pics on everybody's phone. So oh, wouldn't that really? stuff need to be... Well, not everyone. But um, what are you going <laughs> to I don't have anything. Don't check my phone. You can go through my phone. Let me delete a couple things real quick. No, I'm just joking. Um, but, you know, we're at that We're at that stage where kids are so used to that that I'm surprised that, that she would make that statement to go back. It's almost like, can yeah. you... Will that matter when we are still in a state where people can so have so much social media access to things? Will changing a skirt really change anything as far as the, the sexualization of things? You know. Well, it'd be great if we were having a conversation about um, men and maybe uh, you know sensitivity training for men rather than girls. Where you put a longer skirt on? It's about you know um, retraining. I think men, American, or just men in the world, to understand that's not okay right. to to do that. As opposed to you have to change women. We you know. I'm glad. Hi. Hey, we, got we have another cast member that just joined us. If you're autographs the series. Welcome. Thank you. Nasia. Nasia. Nasia Jansen. Yes. Nice to nice to see you and have you join us today. And thank you for coming in. <laughs> can, I, can I just follow up on this and say she's the mother of several daughters, I think, right? Yeah, she has so, two daughters. So there is a sensitivity that she has to this issue that maybe I don't, as, yeah. as not being a mother, you don't have kids either. So I, I understand as a mother why she's sort of saying that, but that is that is a little sad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, 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 go Erica. She's standing for it. So. I, mean, I, I do think it's a slippery slope once it is. you start to... I don't think if someone's a rapist, two inches in your skirt isn't going to be Change the difference it. between them trying right. to rape you or not. And I think if you start saying, you know, okay, <coughs> girls, you know, you have to wear skirts a certain length, then where do you draw the line? Because it's quite subjective as to what someone else finds sexual or not. So right, there's sure. like spaghetti so straps and like... Exactly, so yeah. I, I think so that for someone straps. in a position of responsibility, you know, I do understand protecting yourself, but you do need to be careful about kind of crossing the line into victim blaming, especially when it concerns young girls and teachers. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I totally agree. I agree. Absolutely. Totally. I agree. But I will say, too, that I think, specifically because we're talking about young girls, I think that we obviously, sex, I think we sexualize our young women way, way yeah. too soon. Yeah. So Honey in my blue. opinion, if they in sweats and skirts to their knees, I'm totally fine with it until they've embraced, because I can remember growing up and when you start developing and like not really knowing how to navigate the attention you start to get, right. with, yeah. especially if you do it earlier. And I think that 
I'm not saying dress, you know, as uh, I don't know, like the old school, like, like Mormon, like prairie outfits. dresses. But <laughs> being, but like I wasn't allowed to wear a two piece bathing suit until I was right. 18 years old because it ex- specifically is meant to accentuate the curves of your body and to separate, and it's sexual. So my dad thought, like, put on a full one piece bathing suit until you're ready to receive that attention, or at least that you're comfortable in your own skin enough right. that when you are getting that attention as an adult, right. then you're making your own choices. Obviously, if a pedophile is coming after a little girl, we can't do nothing. Okay. Like, yeah. The, yeah. Her skirt not going to do doesn't anything. matter. Right. But I do think it's sort of a, a way to sort of give girls an opportunity to just grow into their own bodies and into their minds and marrying those together before having to like look like Kim Kardashian <laughs> at 13 yeah. years old. It is a confusing time, I think, for young girls because something someone like a Kim can get famous off a sex tape. And that mm-hmm. is so different than how I, I mean, when I was coming up, Vanessa Williams had her crown taken away from her from Miss America because she had yeah. tardy pictures. I yeah. mean, there, there wasn't even any penetration. It was just an S&M shoot. Mm. I'm like, just. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> those, those pictures were pretty risque. Just, I, rem- I didn't I, really I saw were those. They? Yeah, I, I saw them recently. They were, see, oh. they were pretty. Like yeah, no, because they were talking. Didn't they give her back her crown? So some of those oh, pictures no. resurfaced on Google. I'll put it like that. So you yeah. accidentally, yeah. accidentally yeah. pushed yeah. Vanessa Williams and typed her name in new photos. Gotcha. Or like Madonna yeah. in a bra was shocking back then, and now that's, that would be chased. No. Compared. Now literally, there are fourteen-year-olds on Instagram like in right. their underwear and right. posing well, in front of mirrors well, and things like point. that. Yeah. So like, I totally think that like maybe that I don't know if school only obviously they got some parents that ain't worried about them either, so they need to figure that out. All I don't right. know. It's a mess. Good luck. Yep, that's all I got for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess. That's all you got. Well, I got more mess for y'all. So we've been talking about Future and Sierra probably for like a year and a half now. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this thing. is the third time together. we've covered them. Um, so as we know, about a month and a half ago, uh, Sierra just had it. She couldn't deal with it anymore. And she filed a $15 million defamation lawsuit against Future for the things that he said after the holidays about her parenting and about being a horrible person and that she wasn't letting him see the baby. So she filed that lawsuit. We were expecting the countersuit to come and to come and to come. Well, guys, it has arrived. The countersuit was filed last week. And essentially, it was kind of vague. But basically, his argument is that there could be no defamation because she ain't nobody no no more. Nobody cares. And he called her last album a flop. And he said that. I liked it. Bitter party of two. (laughs) And he also basically said that um, the reason that, I mean, there could be no defamation because her career is nothing at this point. And nothing that he said would have destroyed anything that she had going on. And she would like, he would like her to pay his law, his legal bills from all this crap being happening and whatnot. But she ain't nothing, right? So she, well, how she got that money? I mean, she got some money. I mean, I, I still okay. feel like he's saying too much. You know what I mean? He, he's still saying, he, he still keeps going back and forth. Well, he had it. to give an answer in his lawsuit. Yeah, but he, he, he didn't tweet this. He it wasn't a tweet. <laughs> this was from his legal filing. We're, too, we're so litigious. I, I mean, would have my on, lawyer just make all the statements at this time. I'm mad. I wish that like a judge could take the, like even when Sierra filed the lawsuit, I wish he could be like, no, bye. Right. You're not using my taxpayers' right. money to come up in here talking this nonsense. <laughs> Right, like, this is ridiculous, this, isn't it? it? Wait, when was this filed? Ridiculous. He, last week he just. Filed. So okay, so if you, I don't know if you saw, but on the Billboard uh, nominations, Sierra and Ludacris. Uh, eh gave all the nominees out and so it came to the hip hop category and Sierra was like uh, best hip hop goes to Drake, uh, we have Drake Fetty Wap uh, Future <laughs> and the, uh, you can hear all the producers in the back like oh uh-huh. Oh, like she wouldn't she even say and his she, name. She finished the, with the last two people, Silento, and then it was just so funny though. But now it makes Honestly. sense why she did it because this just had came out. Does it keep what? your personal business? I would to say yourself. it would have been better if she had just right. said his name. And just kept it it's her kid's name. You, know I mean? you act like you don't have yeah. to say it. Exactly. <laughs> oh wait, her child is the same. Her child's name's Future, yeah. Baby Future. Oh, I did not know that. That's crazy. Nadia, what do you think about all this? <laughs> Have you been following this story between Sierra and Future? I mean, like, I remember Sierra from when I was um, younger, like when I was a kid. I always listened to her music. So yeah. she's team uh, Future. She's team Future. She's like, she ain't nothing now. She's like, she ain't nobody no more. I remember her back then. I would say that was shade, right? <laughs> that was shade. That was, little, that was a little bit of shade. <laughs> Okay. No, you said you used to listen to her and uh, what? Uh, back in Germany. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, she, she she used to be big in Germany. Okay. And uh, I loved her music, but then when I moved to America about five years ago, I I 
I stopped hearing about her. She, I feel like she, she was, was bigger overseas. Yeah. Though. Well, plus she yeah. went more fashion too in the last yeah, five years. So fashion. her music was. I, I couldn't name one Sierra song. Steven's got. Steven's got Sierra in his car. I know Steven got Sierra in his car. Look, he was already moving his shoulders. What do you think about all this? Sierra's big on the East Coast. She is. Yeah. She is. In DC. Oh, I yeah, because you're from the southern, yeah. yeah. Right, I worked in D.C. Okay. okay. Somebody, yeah. can, can somebody sing a bar of one of her songs? My not my goodness, not my goodness. My goodness, my goodness. Thank you. The, but that's all she had, about. She has, I bet, that's her song, which is, is it, I bet, about future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she that's She literally wrote an entire song like I bet you stop loving me. The whole thing but was just basically like against name. future. She didn't say future. I bet you stop loving. Like she wasn't specific. But so it could have been week you <laughs> gonna leave your man. You gonna drop this whole album that insinuates Hence you talking why about. I wish there was a judge that could throw that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this is ridiculous and absurd. It's like. Why is it our business? Well, that's exactly. what I, yeah. Because no, they I make it. Well, they make it our business though, because they put all their stuff out. So that she's. They make songs about <laughs> yeah. it. Do you guys think this is just this is a publicity yeah. thing? Oh, like yeah. because it tells oh, both yeah. of both oh, of yeah. them get in the press every day. We talk about them now, yeah. and so, they're yeah. they're fighting yeah. about who's doing it for publicity, and it's like both. You're both. See, my conspiracy theory is that they're working together on the low just to keep that's, their names out there. I think and that was and, and that this is all a hoax. That's what I'm wondering. Playing That's right what I feel about Black China and Rob right now. Oh, uh, I, yeah. absolutely. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. it seems kind of fake, that marriage. <laughs> but I love they... them. <laughs> I do. I think they're the most authentic Kardashian situation <laughs> in here. I think it's, uh, Are they married? Are they married? Engaged. They're engaged. But they were just together for like a few weeks, right? Girl, Yeah, but if they if they announced the engagement later, they wouldn't get like a reality show quite so quick. You know what I mean? Like if you've only been together for a short time, it's more controversy, right? Plus, what's going to piss mom off more? Right. Oh, I, I, I heard you were chasing like a something million dollar deal to appear on <laughs> exactly. Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah. Yeah. So, you don't think that mom special. is actually partially masterminding this? Yeah. Absolutely. I do. I do. If Absolutely. mom sold her daughter's sex tape. <laughs> Mom would set this up. That's my personal opinion. Like, how are you gonna bring it back? How are you gonna bring it back? Kind of. It's, it's all right? about the money and publicity. Uh, I think I, I would agree with that too. But uh, what you know? Again, what do I really know about like, people? It's what happened? Oh, all right. We, we had a rotate. We did a rotation. Is that what happened? Okay. We got Trayvon Williams. We have Trayvon Williams now. Welcome, we, welcome. We, we, you know, like I said, we are full family in here today. Rotate chair. I'm gonna get switched out with somebody yeah. too. Right. She's gone. Is that, is like that up in here? <laughs> that was a quick switch. <laughs> you can't hear us. Period. You can hear us. Yeah. Oh well, what these? Well, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah, that's your microphone. Yeah. Okay. So now we can hear you. Awesome. All right. Well, speaking of family, maybe you guys are going out with your families this weekend and want to go to the movies. Maybe. 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 What's the movies are you going to? Oh, I'm going to see The Jungle Book. Okay. Well, after you see The Jungle Book. And. What else? Oh, you're going to see Jungle Book, and you're going to go see The Barbershop, the next cut, y'all. It's out this weekend. Ice Cube is back. Malcolm D. Lee directed. It was actually a really cute movie. I love you said actually. That's such a a, a Shade. It's not shade. No, it's a sequel. It's a sequel, y'all. It's a sequel, (laughs) and you never quite know how it's going to go. And it's a long time later. And it's a long time later. I forget when Barbershop came out. It was early 2000. 2000s, yeah. Something. And it's got but a lot of people in this cast. It's got a lot of people in this cast. Ice Cube is back. Common is back. I missed him. He, oh, <laughs> somebody got a little crush on Common. Right. I'm thinking. Oh, he's a little crush on Common. I know. Did they, a, did they have like a, a bring back to the apple juice with Eve? Uh, a little bit. You get the apple juice comment. Eve is yeah. back. She's back. She's doing she really well. The, the shop is doing really well. And they have some new surprises. We got Nicki Minaj in the cast, who was also quite entertaining. I'm and sure. uh, they definitely kind of tackle the issues of sort of what's going on on the South Side of Chicago right now and it was a very enjoyable look and you guys should check it out this weekend for right sure. On. And after you check that out I got one more for you. For those of you who are obsessed with the fashion world or if you're just obsessed with art as I am you can also go check out The First Monday in May which is a documentary about the Met Ball last year Ooh, which wow. was I themed really China good. Through the Looking Glass and it basically follows uh, Anna Wintour and all of the planners of the Met Ball for the entire year leading up to last year's um, mm-hmm. gala and you see how they planned it out and what how they chose what they chose and how they worked with different Chinese designers and all kinds of, it was the 
best thing I've seen in a long time. Really? What was it called? Fill the it's called The First Monday in May. You should definitely check it out. If oh, you what's this year's that? theme? Sounds interesting. I don't know what this year's theme is yet. Mm. So, but I will look into that because we'll be talking about it on Fashion 411. Uh, <laughs> All right. So after you check those movies out, then you can look at the news and try to be excited that we thought maybe that we're holding people responsible for the mortgage crisis that happened yeah. in 2008. Uh-huh. Just kidding! <laughs> Goldman Sachs, guys. This, uh, on Monday, they, uh, judgment came down that they were going to basically pay $5 billion in restitution for their actions during the mortgage crisis. Um, to whom are they paying? Well, that's a really entertaining little portion. Okay, so the way that the Justice Department worked out this situation with them. So $2.385 billion will be wow. paid in civil monetary penalty to the Justice Department. But the other nearly $2.7 billion of the settlement is the bank is paying for consumer relief and to the Attorney General offices in California, Illinois, New York, and several other federal entities. The issue is that that $2.7 billion is basically like a tax deduction. So for what do you mean for Explain Goldman that. Sachs? It, it, oh. It's kind of complicated and it doesn't entirely make sense because I'm not a financial economic <laughs> person. But um, uh, ABC News uh, 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 Better Market CEO Dennis Kelleher basically said that that amount the corporation can take a corporate tax of 30% and they get to deduct basically almost another billion dollars from the money that, mind you, they made over 32 billion dollars yeah. in one year during the crisis in 2006. Can we use this new math on our taxes? Okay. I wish. Still filing I wish. I, wish. <laughs> I know. And in the settlement, it included a statement that <laughs> the settlement was not any sort of admission of wrongdoing on behalf of Goldman Sachs, <laughs> even though they clearly stated that they um, told investors basically that they were selling safer securities than they actually were. Right. They were honest, they, and they were fully aware that those were much riskier investments than they were leading their investors to believe. But there was no wrongdoing on their part, and half of that settlement they get to write off as a tax write-off. And let's see, uh, the CEO of Goldman Sachs had this to say, quote, We are pleased to put these legacy matters behind us. Since the financial crisis, we have taken a number of significant steps to strengthen our culture, reinforce our commitment to our clients, and ensure our governance, oversight, and processes are robust. Hmm. So, they took all your money, they ain't really giving it back, and ain't right. nobody going to jail for it, even and, though... And they get a so, big tax break. And they, and they, and they get a tax break. And they're paying $1 billion less than what they expected that they were supposed to pay originally. So they said that, you know, literally, yep. um, the, you get the fine print on the on the contract is that they're going to pay end up paying less than what yes, we think that they are. Yes, exactly. I'm a little disappointed this is happening. This didn't, um, this, this wasn't under Obama's watch, but I'm a little disappointed that these penalties are going through under and I, I understand he's not like he can go, you know what? I We're say you anyway. do this. It's got to all go through right. many, many, many yeah. channels. Yes, right. many, and many channels. we live in a country that's a capitalist society. And this is what happens because their theory is if you put them out of business, then everything starts to crumple. So they want to give them to, I, I know, I don't think it would, but I understand why they're doing this, why they're propping them up. But when all that was going on back then, I remember thinking, I want the bailout. I want somebody <laughs> right. to bail me out. I want some cash. I want some free money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Everybody wants money. Exactly. <laughs> Don't we all? Well, and they always say it takes like three years for it to circle back mm-hmm. around, for like three to four years. So I guess it's kind of. How long is it? It's been. It's about been five, much longer than five, that. It's been um, six. They said, yeah, minimum like three to four years before something. it starts to come back around. Now it's, you know, yeah. it's around. Other banks time. have had some larger JP settlements. JP Morgan did 13 billion. Bank of America was at 16 billion. And Morgan Stanley did 7 billion. Yeah. And, uh, oh, sorry, Citibank did 7 billion. And Morgan Stanley recently agreed to a 3.2 billion. Why do we think? they got less um maybe they were smaller their uh, their portion of the big pot was a little right. bit smaller but in the end there's no they are not legally required to um let us know basically what portion of those settlements is tax deductible for them right. so it could be all of it so, and we have no idea yay so, america yes capitalism Morgan still works guys <laughs> nice job it still works it still works all right is that all you have for us today that's Corner? all i got
All right, well, before we move to the ER Web Story Spotlight of the Week, I want to talk about DraftKings. We've been doing a promotion with them. We started off with fantasy football. Mm -hmm. We went to golf. Uh, we have a special code that we use right now. It's, it's for code GEEK. You just type that in, DraftKings.com, and get your play on with all of their fun stuff. There's up to $2 million in prizes, I believe. A whole bunch of prizes. What? $2 million, uh, even up to some $10 million, some $2 million. Either way, you can win a lot of money. You should uh, let us know if you win some of that money because we'd like to um, have you donate to the BHL fund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you win some of that money, we will take it. But go to DraftKings.com, code name Geek, and get your play on. All right, we're going to move on to the ER Web Story Spotlight of the Week. ER Web Story Spotlight of the Week. All right, this next story not only makes me uh, smile, it makes me twitch. also twitch. Yes, that's a good word. <laughs> uh, this is probably one of the most complicated stories that we've had in the last uh, several... Complicated? Yes, I would say complicated stories in the last half of the year. Uh, Rachel Dolezal, who was in the news, obviously, last year for claiming to be an African-American woman and working for the NAACP chapter in Spokane, Washington, and she was outed as a born white woman um, who identifies with African-Americans and has since, you know, went into a media frenzy. And we kind of last, probably since the top of the year, we haven't heard a lot from Rachel as much. Um, but we, 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 she was we, braiding hair. Yeah, she was braiding hair and, and, she was pregnant. and pregnant. And she did recently have a baby. Langston Atticus. Langston Atticus. <laughs> Look at you knowing your Rachel Dolezal facts. Um, well, she, You're welcome. She, Thank you. she has appeared in the news again, but this time she's appeared because she has written a book that she's going to be putting out soon, yeah. and it's on race equality. Oh, oh white person's writing a book. Yes. Oh. So I would love to get the opinion of most people in this room and find out exactly what you think of her book and would you buy it. Let's start off with Trayvon right here. Uh, I would buy it just because she's a very interesting person. And <laughs> what makes her interesting to you, actually? Just because of like her actually going through that whole phase of wanting to be black and like actually going to that lens. Like, so that far to be black, I just feel like she really, really identifies with us, I guess, in a sense. So I'm curious to see what she puts in a book. Like, I think it would be very, very detailed. So you okay with giving her the pass? She get a pass from you? I mean... She got a pass from a lot of people from the NCAAP, so. But that's when she was passing, though. So but somebody, but they, all the paperwork they do and all the stuff you got to do just to get that position, right. somebody knew, so they gave yeah. a pass. But it's not like you really have a, like, a black card. You pull out and like, here's my black card. Right. See, I was born African-American. <laughs> right. She was trying to create change, though. It's not like she was just trying to do it to be cool. I think that she wanted to actually do something to make a change. So. I give yeah. you that. So if I, I would have. I don't have a... So you were never we just, offended by anything that she did in this process? We just live in the I'm not offended, personally. <laughs> not offended. I'm not. You, but I actually, weirdly enough, I kind of... I, in the beginning, I was like, oh, that's so offensive. She's so weird. And now I, I'm, I'm back yeah. around to kind of how you think, to be honest. Like, she's a volunteer. According to Langston Hughes, she'd be a volunteer Negro. Like, someone yeah. who volunteers to take on the black struggles. Now, she... I, I don't think it was right to say, to claim being black and work for the NAACP, taking away a job from a black person. But other than that, she actually has brought a lot of uh, conversation mm. to she this does. issue. Well, we have a little clip here that we have that she was speaking with the Today Show about her book, so we'll play that for you right now. You'll be writing a book, and you'll be talking about and having an opportunity to really get into some of the complexities of racial identity. Yeah. What are you hoping to say? What are you hoping to explain? What are you hoping to shed light on? Well, Savannah, a lot of people have reached out to me over the past year, which has been another kind of bright spot in this, is I've heard a lot of stories from people around the world about um, their you know, lives being somehow caught between boundary lines of race or culture, ethnicity. And so this larger issue of, you know, if you don't fit into one box um, and if you don't stay there, you know, your whole life um, being identified from birth, you know, as, as who you are. So... What, you know, what does that look like? And because race is such a contentious issue, um, because of the painful history of racism, you know, so race created, didn't create racism, but racism created race. So I think it's important to really think through a lot of those um, kind of topics and questions that people have, and that's why this became kind of so um, visible. Well, there you go. Really challenge people to think about identity. And well, I hope the book's, more, I hope the book's more interesting than, like, that little clip, by this the way. Because that was, was a little today? dull. This was today? No, I think this was this yesterday. Yesterday, actually, yeah. Uh, why is her hair still like that? Like, it's like, it's <laughs> old, but we know it's hard. Like, like, she's for me. Old, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, I think I it's, even, it's, it's so absurd. It's, her, this whole thing is absurd, you know. She's, You're not feeling she it? She could have, no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> She could have uh, helped and, and done all the things that she did 
as a as a white woman as True she that. was born. You know, like I can't be like, well, you know, I don't feel like being, you know, uh, in my financial. I'm, I, I don't identify with my financial situation anymore. I identify, <laughs> I identify with millionaires. That's why I feel like who I am inside as a person. You know, I'm a millionaire, so you know, where's my money? You know, I say like, you can't do that. You know, it's like it's. It, I think she's absurd, and this is absurd. So okay, you, would, it, so you would not be buying the book. No. Does, no. does anyone ever think like the one thing I thought about her is what if like past lives and and like you know Buddhists believe in past lives and and reincarnation. What if she really was like a black woman? Okay, yeah, yeah, that, welcome Courtney's, to this life. Yeah, that me. was yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's true. True. just smacked me with her eyes. <laughs> that was that past <laughs> life. Right. This is, bro, we talking about right now. I mean, she is a white woman right now. <laughs> I, look, I look at it like I'm I'm Greek. But at the same time, being gay and Greek, I couldn't relate to anyone in my entire family. So I went out and I basically befriended. I I mean, I feel like I know more about African-American history than I do about Greek history. But I'm not going to go around and be like, (laughs) yeah, you know, I'm from, you know what I mean? Like, I know I'm Greek. I I know where I stem from. I hear you. And part of of why I don't try to speak in a more urban accent is because I didn't speak like that. So I don't want to do that just so people go, you're black, right? Yes, you are. That would be... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like for me to like come in with cornrows every day and be like, yo, I'm down. Like, <laughs> you know what but, I mean? Tan my skin to, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I there, she could have re- really do amazing, could have done really amazing things. And maybe she still can. Uh, there's just this taint on her right now. And right. also yeah. we live in a society. You said taint. I know. I knew <laughs> someone was going to take it there. Taint. Well, well, taint. Her, her hair looks African-American. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Why is she still wearing it like that? We all she, know who you are. Let's listen, stop. There's she a lot it. of Jewish women with just as No, my aunt's hair. That's not black hair. Yeah, but she is. She's not Jewish. She wasn't Jewish. She looks Irish. She's like lily white lady, but... Uh, yeah, I think it would have been awesome if she had done it as an experiment that had an end date. Like if she had been like, <laughs> like, like, like right, you got like me, like been like, all right. So I'm she on. wanted to have the experience. Of so being she because I do think there is some power in walking in those okay, shoes to understand okay. what it is like to receive attention based on this color of your skin right, and yeah. to really have an understanding. And if that was your goal, like that was your end game, like I really want to understand what this culture experiences and what they go through. You have to walk in those shoes. Right. So has she been like, yeah, this might experiment from like 18 to 25 I'm good okay now I know how I can better serve and my voice is that much more powerful because I've walked in the shoes and I have the power of my white skin privilege to do that so she missed an opportunity and that's why it just becomes Effery and a joke, like it, like no, right. she, she was gonna take it to the grave. And like, I'm saying, like, she, she was, she was, was nobody ever called her out. No one right. ever knew, like, no one. She would, she would have been no, in, like, right. you know, she, black huh. history, black history books and stuff. Yeah. Like, like Barack Obama and her, like, right? Okay. <laughs> you're right. If she presented it as a art, you're right. If she done it as, and this is an artist yeah. experiment, uh, like a Jay Z, Mark, what was like the, Tyra Banks, which were the fats, the fats. Stephen, what you guys? I feel like you got something over there. You want to? I think that her. I think she feels for the African American community, but she's going about it the wrong way. Yeah. And as a disabled person, who's also Greek, um, we face a lot of the same issues that African Americans face. Yeah. And Americans don't understand that, but the black community does. So everybody says, why are you with the black community so much? Is because they're more welcoming. Yeah. And they understand. And there's a simpatico there. Exactly. I mean, our, our opening song is We Are Family. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. Exactly. No, I, I have a question for Stephen, which is I've seen documentaries on people who um, perceive them, they, they're able by everything right. that works, but they choose to portray themselves as people who need to be in wheelchairs. You've seen, right, you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah. What do you think about people like that? But they say that identify as someone who doesn't have a leg, doesn't have mobility, or doesn't... Mental it's almost like health. the same situation. You say it's mental illness? Mental health issues. Mental health issues. Which is a disability. Yeah. That's true. We should, you know, uh, you know, not understand that and help it, but it's a disability. You're not wrong because someone who cuts their leg off, there are people whose legs work, but they have them cut off so that they will then need a chair. Yeah. That is really. I mean, you know, listen, there's people who do, there's a little niche of everyone everywhere. I know people that cut their legs off to get taller. 
Oh, you mean who's just cut the bone and then stretch it oh, out? Oh, stretch it out? Yeah, that's a little... Well, we'll oh. do anything for vanity, won't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that there's that. Painful, but but that, that is... That's trying to fit in. This is... I think you're right that it is a mental illness. Or it's something with their head trip. It is trip. nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We should accept it mm -hmm. and treat it. I agree. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're not really I mean, big on treating mental health issues we're, we're, in this country. Yeah, we're, we need to treat Rachel? Yeah, I was going to say, we uh, treat a lot we of things. There's a, a long line of things we, we need to should. treat. I, I'm kind of with Kier on this. I, I mean, I, I I applaud her efforts of, I know they say that she's helped a lot of things when she was in the, in the NAACP, but she just is, her tactic on what she did and how she did it uh -huh. and... and Faking who she really was. Yeah, I'm with you. If she had just said, "Hey, I am a white woman," how can we call you authentic? Yeah, it's like I don't trust face. anything you say. No. But I do feel like I kind of want to see see what's in this book, though. I yeah, am a little it, interested. That's all I'm saying. Say. I didn't say she was right. I know she's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. she's right. I'm just saying I, will, I just want to see what she has to say about it. Like right. I know it's more, the book's going to be way more detailed on probably yeah. how she did. Because somebody hired you can't fake your social security number. You can't fake a lot of the stuff. So somebody fake your taxes. I'm just curious to see what's. But is there? But you can put other. You can you can say right. you don't have to put your ethnic race and right. you know you don't have to put that on a sheet so how would they know because my sister's looks about like that but cuter uh, <laughs> so you know there's nowhere where people would go well what are you because she could my sister could be Israeli or Jewish mm. or all right. these different things yeah. but mm. she's a light-skinned mixed girl black girl so how would they know well, I would say you research people that has when you hire somebody in that type of position you do your research on a person though yeah. I'm saying somebody should have knew something about this somebody knew but see, if she rolled into my I, shop, I would think that's a light-skinned black sure. or Puerto Rican girl. I mean, she fooled I mean, everybody. everybody. Like, yeah, oh, she, she was passing you, so yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, she fooled everybody. She was passing like, yeah. college age, right? But I mean, right? but that's no surprise. What was lunchroom so like at NAACP the day after that? Did y'all know? But how far back? I wonder how far back the perm goes. You know what I mean? Because no one pulled out the picture from high school when she had the straight hair. I don't think it was freshman year of college. I think I saw a picture of her looking kind of white, and then by sophomore year she was kind of black. Because didn't she go to Howard or something? She did go to Howard. That's what made her transition to like yeah. Transition. Transition. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I have a feeling we will not be seeing the last of Rachel Dolezal, and she's famous. I just hope it's more dynamic than that clip was because that was kind of dull. Yeah. Yes. It was a little dull. But right. she's still weird with interviews, too. I've, if you watch the whole thing, I think there's a couple questions that she... Yeah, it's an insecurity. She's still a little bit weird with some of that stuff. All right, well, we're going to move on. We actually we, were going to cover... We were going to cover one more story. We're going to go right to the cast of The Autograph. Let's talk about this, this TV series here. First, let's start off with everyone's role in the movie. So Should we not get the girl we kicked out back in? Can she come back? I thought they pulled her out. I thought she left. I didn't actually pull her out. I was saying, can I just come in and... <laughs> yeah, she just kind of ran out. Maybe I'll just share well, let's, a mic. Let's start with Tell us about your character. So, um, I'm playing uh, Jessica Price. So, uh, Jessica Price is the uh, fiance of Tyson, mm -hmm. and he met her overseas. And um, can you tell us a little about the plot? Because yeah. we don't know anything about. All I know is anonymous. <laughs> like, what's the Cute. what's the Cute. The one line. What's the show about? Oh, yeah, you should ask. Okay. <laughs> Would somebody can somebody tell we'll us what the show's about? A boot. You get get the talk in the mic. So, oh, yes. I didn't mean to kick him out. What's the pitch line for the, the show? Um, what's the I play a character named Tyson Wright. I'm one of the leads. Also, the story is about three friends, three best friends dealing with a lot of internal struggles. So I play, um, we have a friend, that JJ, he plays the actor. We have Woody, he's the dancer, but he wants to get out of dance, and nobody takes him serious in any other field, so he's dealing with all that stuff. As me playing Tyson, I go back to how I like my roots because I get hit out of the NBA because of my height, not because of talent. <laughs> so I have to go back where it all started to get that confidence back, which is uh, Kiers plays my uh, high school mentor and my coach. So I go back to, to find, to find um, basically that hunger, basically, because I want to give up. So what? I rekindled with all my friends, basically. And you, I'm sorry, so you are who? Uh, my fiance. girlfriend? Uh, I'm, I'm playing Jessica Price. I'm his, I'm Tyson's uh, fiance, and he met me overseas. And, um, well, then he brought me to the United States, and um, I was an ex-kindergarten teacher, 
And then uh, when I posted a racy picture online, I became Ooh. social media famous. Oh. Well, Jessica became social media famous. And uh, well, Thais never really paid attention to her during the relationship, and she was seeking for other attention. And she was she had like a selfish way, and she wanted things when she wanted, and she just got caught up in all this social media fame. So you're kind of like a Kim uh, Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about what about your character, Lolia? What? Um, I play Simone, and that's the lead girl's best friend, who um, Janae. Um, she's JJ's girlfriend. Yeah. The low, am I allowed? To? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Are you the side chick? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, not. I, I'm, I'm the very good, loyal best ah, friend. I see. She don't want to give too much. She don't want to give too much. Stephen, what's your character? I play Rex. Trey's a old professor mm. in high school, and I'm his mentor, and I teach him about life and the meaning of life through our interaction. Mm. Sweet. Thank you. He's also um, in the. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but he also is in the gym a lot with us as well. He works yeah. closely with uh, my coach, yeah. Right. Yeah, the coach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm. Uh, yeah, like he said, I play his uh, high school coach. He comes back to high school to kind of uh, find his roots, find where you know, find that hunger again, find out who he was before he went. And, you know, got lost, and so uh, you know, we have a, a little interaction, and uh, you know, uh, I kind of uh, put him uh, back through the uh, <laughs> through, through the trenches again. You know, having him work out, and you know, and and, and uh, do some exercises on the court and stuff, and just uh, so I mean, it was cool because I'm actually <laughs> I, I met Trey. Uh, I'm his. I was. I am his acting coach. I was his acting coach. Yeah. Oh um, wow! <clears throat> at yeah. the uh, I had to have him on. D- Dustin Felder Actor Studio, um, and. Uh, he, you know, we took a class with me, and then like after, you know, after a while, he was like, "Hey, man, I got this thing, I got this part, you know, for the show. I'm making, uh, I want you to come be." And I'm like, right, "Man, cool, no doubt." You know, because he was always a real, he's a good dude, man, and talented, uh, young, funny actor. And so, uh, you know, so it was like we kind of stepped right into it, like it was easy because we had already been through the kind of yeah. coach, you know, student yeah. kind of thing. Super excited. So how, how did you get your financing? For uh, this? Well, I raised some money, but a lot of it is paid for by me. Um, I pay for it through my company because uh, I'm doing the show through my production company that I just started the Pioneers Collectors LLC so I'm pretty much producing I'm paying for everything the locations everything wow so you like the new Nate Parker jumping off right now I work on several things the first thing on my company but I'm doing a cartoon as well I'm working on a lot of different things yeah. Now, this movie is also about a journey for each one of the characters. Yeah. And what, what would you say is something that you learned, each one of you learned, while on this journey playing your role in this in this TV series? Uh, I learned just about not, not giving up. Like, you always have to, sometimes you have to stand back from everything and just say, man, how did I get to this point? Like, how can I get back to what I love? Because you kind of lose the love for something when it's not going your way. You know, you kind of want to quit. It's easy to quit. So for me, it was just like... It's just gonna show me, like, just in life, period. Like, you don't give up, man. You just gotta figure out, find your work in. What about you? Um, I think it's mostly about friendship for my character, which sounds really cheesy, but then <laughs> it is about. I don't. I think loyalty is hard to come by, and so, um, and there is this like perception that with groups of girls, you can't really be true friends, and there's this um, bitchy stereotype, which isn't always necessarily the case. So. I think it is about the intricacies of friendship. I feel that. Stephen? To me, it's about diversity and being valued for who you are rather than what you are. Mm. And I Getting think, deep over there. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, the coach and myself and Trey send a message that's really timely mm-hmm. in the industry. I feel that. Yeah. Nadia? Well, Jessica, she's just thirsty for attention. <laughs> <laughs> so what you say, you get to have all the fun, yeah. all the fun parts of the show, right? Yes. <laughs> so you're from Germany originally? Uh, yes, originally from Germany. Gotcha. How, how, well, you're working here. Do you, are you just planning on staying? Oh, I've been here for a while. I'm, I became a U.S. citizen. Ah. Oh, yeah. congratulations. And you as well. You are I'm, I'm staying actually, here? I'm actually, I was born in New York, so I'm actually oh, uh, American. Oh, we found so, 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 like, so I'm Nigerian and American, and then I lived in England. Do you have a double passport? Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> oh. And, and then, Kier, we wanted to get your response to that last oh, question, too. Um, I, I think with Coach Blackwell, uh, you know, it's, it's about striving for excellence. Um, and, I mean, even with this whole project, you know, it's, um, 
it's it's very important, and, I, and I'm very very proud of Trey um, because um, owning as Black people in America, you know, owning our own images, creating our own images, is just the most important thing you can ever do in, in this in this business in, in this industry. And he is, you know, he's created these characters, he's created this show, you know, he's got a cartoon. So he's doing he's doing so many things that you know, like a lot of people don't have the the courage or the mindset um, or the discipline to do. And he's doing that, and uh, I think that that's like the most important thing that's coming out of this. Um, you know, it, it, we we want uh, variety, we want diversity um, in, in our images and what we see. You know, it's like it, it, there's nothing wrong with hood movies. You know, there's nothing wrong with you know like stereotypical images every now and then. But it's like that's not all we want to see because that's not right. all we are. Right. So it's I like, also you know, think that's changing because I saw an ad for a Sony movie and it was all black actors, right? But you could tell this was not a low budget. Like, we okay, we've got a million dollar budget, black people in this movie thriller. No, 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 no. Uh, it's coming out in September and it's called Bow Break. So it's kind of a silly thriller, but yeah, I was like, oh, oh, they've spent as good. much money on this as they did like a Fatal Attraction. Exactly. Did you notice mm -hmm. the production values? And I thought that's a great sign for us because that means things like the yours things. will get a little more attention, attention because they're starting to take, they're realize we have stuff. spending money as black mm -hmm. African Americans in this country and we also are very creative, as are you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, I just want to say the reason why, when I even cast it for the show, um, I was looking for that. Like, I, I, in my everyday life, I love everybody the same. So when I was casting, like, this is not going to be a, I don't have a percent something wrong with all black cast, but I wanted to sh the diversity. Like, you and have like to, if you have life. a problem with stuff, you have to be the change. Like, I don't want to sit around and complain about it. This is my way of, of doing that. So everything that I do, I include uh, Steve, you know, with the disability. He stayed persistent. I liked it. I didn't care if he was in a wheelchair or not. Right. And he, sh he showed up. He did. He did really well. So this is about giving opportunities to people. Yeah. I wanted to create a good footage for everybody. I want, it's certain things that I wanted to do, and I had a certain vision for it and now it's happy to bring it to life like it's really incredible I think everybody's gonna love the show did you direct it as well but no I'm not directing Malcolm Lex is directing he's a, a young director in LA he's working on all, pretty much all my stuff he's the first director on my company so he'll be working with a lot of stuff well that we have awesome. to wrap up but where can fans find out more about the movie and, or the TV show and what the, find out all of your social media well we release it in well. we release it in June um, the miniseries is going to be on YouTube initially, but the actual season I'm already uh, pitching to Netflix and Hulu. So that, that actual season will be picked up from one of those companies, and then you'll get to see that. That'll be later on in the year. And you can follow me at Trey, T-R-A-Y underscore underscore Williams um, autographs and autographs, the series on uh, Instagram. Okay. So you can find it. Lolia? Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at liaetomi.com, so L-I-A-E-T-O-M-I.com. Can you just say that again so I can hear your voice? No, no, no. Steven Jingus at Facebook and IMDB. Kia? Uh, I'm uh, at K-E-I-R-T-1, so Kier T1. That's on Instagram and Twitter. So you can follow me on... Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at Nasia underscore Jansen, like N-A-S-I-A underscore J-A-N-S-E-N. -E Courtney? I'm everywhere at Stuart Starlet. Rachel? Oh, wow. I'm like every, uh, Rachel, at Rachel True on Twitter and True Rachel True on Instagram, and I'm so not on Snapchat, so don't even <laughs> You can find me at Daryl Kristen on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can find DJ Jesse J everywhere, because he's on every show all the time. Really looking forward to Day. seeing your series, you guys. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. for autographs, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Check it out. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.